Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. We cannot believe it. Today is the day <laughs> we are talking about chapter six of Danganronpa V3. So we finally reached the end. We're going to be talking about this whole game, touching on maybe some things throughout the whole Danganronpa series. Um, and we're really just going to be breaking it all down for you. It's the, the moment you've all been waiting for. Just like she said, just a heads up that this episode will spoil the entirety of the Danganronpa series. Woo, woo, woo. And without further ado, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One, two. Welcome to the Danganronpa podcast. <laughs> You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. <laughs> Sorry, I just went wow. with it. I cannot. We're all feeling we're here. Emoshi. Yeah, whoa, dude. I, I Three and a half like, years later. Yeah, I, I just... This podcast has not only been a journey for, like, you all listening but it's also been like a personal behind the scenes journey for the three of us and just like our our lives separately but also together and and that is very special to us so we just want to thank you all for being part of that so far this isn't to say this is goodbye forever but you know at least this era of the ultra hope girls is slowly coming to a close which is kind of crazy oh it's so nuts when we were watching i know this is jumping way ahead here but when we were watching the very end of this chapter and all the characters were popping up it was like nostalgia clock like i when toko came on the screen i remembered our toko character analysis and you know when kyoko came on the screen i remembered our dr3 episodes and like it was just like memories throughout the entire thing which yeah, I think that nostalgia is why people come back to play Danganronpa is it's just like wild. It's such a wild game and or it reminds you of like what life was like when you were playing it at different points. So, it really so does. good. Yeah. 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 Or I'll like I'll hear like songs that I was listening to really frequently at the time that I was like playing this game or whatever and they'll make me think of this game. It's like so funny. It just like the nostalgia of it, but yeah. Okay. I know. And it's funny, though, because a lot of the message of this ending of this game is how we need to move on from nostalgia, <laughs> though, despite the fact that the ending does sort of play on our nostalgia a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is interesting. But I feel like it would be only appropriate to have Maddie begin with us describing her reaction to the first trial events to me and Marin, and then when this finally happened where we we find out that it is Samugi all along and Maddie was right the whole time. Maddie, I just need to like get some of your th- your thoughts and feelings about all of that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's my first note. <laughs> chapter. Um I did not I will say I did not predict that Samugi was the mastermind. I think Caroline, I think you predicted that. I you sure did. Like, and you were completely right. Um but the if if you listeners were following along in our chapter one discussion when I talked about the things that bothered me about that chapter, oh my god. I when this came around and I was like, oh my god, it was right. Like that was like purposeful in the first chapter. Like 
all the discrepancies about like the blood splatter on the wall and the blood on his hand and like everything i i was so frustrated at the end of chapter one that i was like i was so convinced that something was off there the blood splatter didn't look right it was going kind of upwards and not down so it didn't look like he was struck from the top down like from a falling you know object and there was blood on his hand and there was blood on the camera and how would that be like you know it's just it's it was these little um it really was just the art like this one scene of Rantaro's body and the art of where the blood was that I was like this is not right you know yeah and that bothered me the whole freaking game and then when we got to this chapter I like I'm pretty sure after when I got to that point in the trial I like called it I like FaceTimed the two of you and was like screaming because I was like, oh You're my like, God. I was right the whole time. Because I felt like I was losing my mind. And then I was like, yeah, my mind. So um, that was, I felt very vindicated. Yeah. Just the fact that like, yeah, there was something off about that. And um, there was more to that case. And I was going to say like kudos to the creators here for having that attention to that detail level of detail there that maybe a handful of like players of this game also noticed and were like something's not right and it just or even maybe like subconsciously noticed it and something just didn't feel right about that case and then you find out why at the end um of course my my when i in the our chapter one analysis when we were trying not to spoil anything i was like oh well, i guess like I'm kind of disappointed because they kind of missed the mark on this one. They're usually oh, so well. details, blah, blah, blah. But no, they they were on it. And I have mad respect for that. I will say, though, like, as as detail-oriented and precise as they are with those cases and the bodies and whatever, there are other places in this game where the details are not, like, they no. are not good. Like, I think I pointed out last chapter when... um Shuichi kept talking about the four exosols guarding Monokuma, and there are clearly three. Like, right. Because <laughs> the aunt, they didn't have enough money left, and so they were like, <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> oh, and God. there's the, the scene where Shuichi is in, like, the headmaster's office talking to Makoto, and he's literally, like, missing an eye. Like, I, it's supposed to be, like, under his, like, cap thing but you can very clearly see there's nothing there he only has one eye and i'm just like did they just run out of time we missed that i do not know but with the exception of those couple of areas where i felt like maybe they were a little rushed or something i don't know like oh my god the the connection from chapter one to chapter six was just such i mean that was insane like that was the best moment for me personally of any video game i've ever played probably did not help maddie you thinking you were crazy were caroline and i telling you that yes you gaslighting were crazy. literally because we didn't want to like spoil it because it is such a good reveal at the end we were like oh my god maddie we don't see it or like i don't know no, we were... but like yeah. even in chapter one we were like like caroline by that time had predicted the entire twist but the <laughs> yeah. camera we did not know about the camera we were like all right chill out maddie right that is actually that's really true because we really did think like batty was reading too much into it that's true actually 
And then after we learned the ending, then we started to gaslight <laughs> Then the gaslighting then became the gaslighting deliberate. Became. Then it began. We're the ultra, six- ultra hood remember- girl bosses. Sorry. Okay. Yes. It's so true. <laughs> I remember in chapter six when Caroline and I got to the part where, you know, you learn that, no, he actually wasn't killed by Coyote. And yes, the, the blood splatters are wrong. And out loud was like, oh, no. <laughs> We all so went, had been uh, so uh, firm uh, on telling Maddie no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sorry for gaslighting you, Maddie. That's um, so funny. But I'd rather I'd rather that than be spoiled. You know what I mean? So true. I don't blame you guys. I would I would have done the same. I would have gaslighted you guys right back. I would have done the same Aww. thing. You know? Thanks, babe. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um speaking of, if this is an okay point to transition, I was gonna talk about payday a little bit actually yeah if that works because 100 percent. i had a note about this and that you know the fact that like payday was not actually directly the cause of rintaro's death does it actually matter because i know it's like it's supposed to feel terribly unjust because like payday because of the events that happened and the rules of the game, Kaede was not the one who should have been executed. But the shot put ball being like, whatever, it kind of almost feels like a technicality because mm. in terms of Kaede's guilt, because right. the intent was there. Att- yes, she had the intent. She still attempted to kill him and he still ended up dead. So the intent and the setup and the result were all the same, you know? So... It's just kind of like, I'm like, yeah, like, I get why it feels unjust because, yeah, okay, Kaede shouldn't have been executed. I don't believe in the death penalty anyway, but, like, that for me was kind of like, it was almost a moot point that, like, it wasn't Kaede's shot put ball that actually killed him. It was Sumugi's, like, they're both guilty, you know? Like, I would, I would argue. Did you say it's a smook point? That's what I was thinking now. <laughs> a smook point? No, I feel yeah. like so obviously yes, like but I agree with you. However, I do think I mean and this is probably obvious, it was important to bring up that aspect of it because oh, it like makes the audience realize that this thing that feels so real to them is fit is fake, fabricated right. for them in a way. Um and also I think it's kind of brilliant that Samugi did end up like killing Rentaro and then pinning it on Kaede because she even fooled her into thinking she was actually, she actually killed an innocent person, which is its own despair along with like, you know, the intent. So it's like, I I guess, yes. And to your points, then that's like kind (laughs) of my addendum to that, I guess, because I, I hear you. I mean, it's like, yes, the intent was there and a person died and Samugi just wanted to make sure the attempt went through essentially um yeah this reminds me so much of chapter four's case um because in chapter four you have to convince gonta that he committed the murder yeah and the question of if he doesn't remember it is he still as guilty i feel like it's similar themes that are presented where she attempted to do it but she didn't actually but is she still guilty and you know like 
she still like i don't know just i feel like those two cases are kind of similar because samugi had to convince kaede that she did it whereas we had to convince gonta that he did it and just they're almost like two sides of a coin of whether or not the action was actually committed yeah Hmm. no it's true hmm I feel mm. like Maddie, if you if you feel like satisfied with that discussion, I feel like it would be a good idea to kind of go through the pre-trial stuff of like just the mechanics of like the fighting the exosols and like mm-hmm. some of just this chaos that happened because I have great memories of playing this game for the first time and Marin totally yeah. suffering because of the issue with the PC controls. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah we should definitely talk about that yeah and just like i literally go ahead could Baron, not yeah. even this time i um did not remember what controls i'd use so some of our patrons watched me stream and i literally was like all right folks time to button mash <laughs> pressed every single button on my keyboard until kibo came to save me but i got hit by the exosols like five times so many times in the course oh so gosh. bad yeah yeah I um, I know I talked about this in chapter one, but I couldn't even make it through the prologue on my PC. Like I literally couldn't even, it, the controls are so bad. It's actually yeah. so bad. No, it's such um, a problem. I ended up returning it on Steam and just getting it for PS4. But yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this chapter in particular is quite difficult, even with normal controls. <laughs> right. That would make such a good like Ultra Hope Girls trivia question. Who returned V3? Which After right, which one it. of us? <laughs> which one played 20 minutes of V3 and then immediately requested a refund? We definitely need to do like a end of season party with our patrons and do like a, a Jeopardy game again. That would be fun. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um one thing that I did delight in in this section of the chapter is getting to see some of Kokichi's spaces yes yes you oh know? my god his room, his room is chaos and i also love that he's like he's actually not a really evil guy he's part of a group of like some silly silly dudes who like to put, play pranks that's his like yep. backstory which i think is so ridiculous because obviously we see like some of his more dark and terrible ways of communicating things but it is kind of silly mm-hmm. i that is so can we, true. Can we talk about some of the objects in his room? Because he yes. has Rentaro's wax figure. <laughs> um, he just has it there. Maybe just what he did he do with? He know. didn't want the other ones, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he has the horse head on the bed. That he has <laughs> the inner That's tube a reference from chapter to the two. Godfather. I'm pretty it is. sure. Yes. It oh, is, is yeah. it? Oh my the gosh. Godfather. He has a microscope on his desk, so he's a man of science. Um, so true. And then he, the the. Did you guys read the stuff on his whiteboard? I had to look up a picture yeah. of it actually, like, and zoomed in to see what it said. So funny, so funny. He's just like me for real, creating no, whiteboards, so <laughs> tracking yeah. all the characters' moves. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, yeah. Or anyone who listeners who weren't able to see that, he has like everyone like the pictures of all the students on the board arranged by like who's dead who's alive whatever um shuichi has a note next to him that says trustworthy question mark maki's note says suspicious kibo's says weird and the monocubs <laughs> says annoying 
tag yourself. Just, just <laughs> trustworthy. <laughs> also, I personally felt like um, his his research lab had like Doctor Doofenshmirtz vibes. Absolutely, yeah, so true. Like, that's him. That's Kokichi in a nutshell. <laughs> I love that. He also just creates inventions all the time. Like, mm-hmm. what was that? He had hundreds, or I don't know that they give us like a specific number, but it was enough that Maki needed to stay behind to go through them all of yeah. inventions. Like, the brain on that guy is yeah. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm like, when did you have time to do all of this? <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like and he like wrote an entire like book like script for chapter five they did describe in his research lab i think it was shuichi said it looks like a child's idea of what a supreme leader would have and that got me thinking about how we've talked about the talents of the people who are here and how they don't quite fit or how the rooms don't quite fit the person and it kind of made me wonder like along the lines of this being a tv show how did they come up with these rooms you know like was it voted on by the audience did they have like is there someone who's a set designer who just said we're gonna make this like as outlandish as we can for each talent or i don't know yeah i wonder um oh that's so hard because when in the big reveal at the end it sort of said that they the aspects of like certain parts of the personality they came up with for them was to was something that they enjoyed or knew about so it was kind of like they might have some natural inclination in the direction of this thing um which so that i think is like part of it like that obviously played a role but there could have been like an audience voted talent for this season is or like i don't know like that sort of i have no idea but yeah that's interesting uh, yeah said designers probably and they went ham it's like this cast is simultaneously the most one note and like this is my talent and that's my personality and also like kind of bland and like not it doesn't yeah it's like kind of this juxtaposition and that's why like i mentioned i think i literally said this in the chapter one episode of like this season but like I did an ep- a Patreon episode about archetypes, and I think more than 50% of the people that I picked were um, from this game. And I think that's because of the way that these characters were written sort of on purpose to be, again, 50 th- the 53rd cast of this thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, which is makes a lot of sense that that would be the case. Yeah. And the labs, too, are very violent, like in terms of what's included in them, like you've got Shuichi's lab that's filled with poison or Maki's lab. Obviously, we don't need to go into that one. Um, even like Ryoma's lab has a prison inside. And like, you know, you could say like the tennis ball machine or like Muse lab. Did you guys see the picture of that in this chapter where there's like giant like things that screw from the ceiling? And like it was nuts. It looked like like insane or himiko's lab everyone had something really violent oh, yeah, in it yeah um yeah. compared not up to, to like OSHA the standards. previous games it definitely not <laughs> definitely not but like the previous games it was like they had their room their bedroom which had a couple hobbies in it like right there were no <laughs> crazy i don't know yeah. yeah no it's it's it was like there was stuff deliberately arranged to be like more 
be more menacing. And it's interesting because that actually reminds me of a psychology study. Um, yeah, psychology. I haven't got like had a psychology note in so long, guys. <laughs> but that reminds me of a study where they found that um, if you are in a room and like even people in a room doing like a very basic task, taking some like dumb quiz or question or whatever, if there is a weapon present in the room, even if no one is touching it, no one's using it, and there is not any violence or tension in the situation, just having a weapon in the room primes people to think more violently and to um, actually display more aggressive tendencies. And that kind of makes me think of that, like, um, you know, if they're it's just the fact that they have all these dangerous, deadly objects around is like almost priming them to use them mm. or to expect them to be used and potentially putting them in a more violent or aggressive, subtle state of mind. That's I unreal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, that's super cool. And, and it makes me think that the creators maybe kind of included that knowingly, perhaps. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I got a note, which is uh, chronologically, uh, we start out with a random boy named Makoto. We started game one with Makoto. We're ending yep. game three with Makoto because, <laughs> you know, they Full just circle. really said. Because he's always there. Uh, Caroline needs a reminder of uh, who's not present right now, and um, and it's Makoto. it wasn't necessarily the same Makoto, but the name so really just sparked that. that well, that was so uh, such a clear like fish for like, yeah. oh my god, Makoto's here, and then it's like, nope, <laughs> it's oh this game, it's teasing us. It's like because it's it's like commentary about us consuming this. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. It's commentary on us as the consumer and the fan and the player of Danganronpa and also like on society as a whole right. a little bit too just because that's you know where Danganronpa fans are not unique in that regard I don't think of like wanting gruesome fiction wanting it to keep going wanting you know that kind of thing but I have a lot of notes right. to get more into that later but I'm pretty sure the voice of this kid is Dot Dorothy Fawn. I don't oh, know. Just really? to guess. Oh, cool. But I, just by listening, I was like, I think that's Dot. Anyway, go ahead. Awesome. Um, I was going to say, Maddie, you brought up earlier that Makoto that we know is the one who's talking to Shuichi in that one flashback light, but we mm -hmm. don't actually know that. We see a boy with brown hair and an ahoge, but that's all we see. We know that he's the headmaster of the school, but it's a fake memory, one, right. we assume, right? Yep. And I don't know. The other problem I had with that flashback is like the person who is probably Makoto or meant to be him was like, you 16 are the only people who haven't been infected with this virus. And then I'm like, why are you in this room with this kid? And I'm assuming you met with all the other kids too. Like with no PPE. <laughs> oh my God. No one ever wears PPE in Danganronpa. <laughs> so true it's girl true. <laughs> yeah no that's actually a really good point because it's because i think at one point they say oh the kids like the these 16 students are immune to the virus except for kaito for some reason but he says does he say oh you 16 are immune or does he say you're you 16 are the only ones who haven't been infected because if that's what he says it's the then latter. it's like then it's like, Makoto, you're going to infect him. What are you doing talking to him? <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that, Marin. Oh, my goodness. I'm just, 
you know, doing my my nursing duties here. You're the ultimate nurse. Mm -hmm. I got to be fit for an N95 mask at work today. Or they do the, they put the hood on you and they spray the stinky stuff into the thing. And you have to like roll your head around and make sure you don't smell it. That was fun. That stuff smells awful. It. You know what's really funny is I, I couldn't smell it, but I could taste it. Oh, like it was. It felt like it was like on my tongue, like this taste. But I couldn't actually, if I closed my mouth, I couldn't smell anything. Mm. Anyway, alrighty, listeners, we are going to take a quick break, but sit tight. Do not go anywhere. Do not turn off your listening devices because we will be right back after this break. Did you guys see the Discord discussion about Kaito's pipe? Yes, I did see that. I wanted to bring this up because this was actually really interesting. Um, One of our patrons in our Discord brought up that there is one picture of Kaito with like his one artwork of him where it looks like he's smoking a pipe. And I had not seen this before. This is interesting to me because it could mean that he was a smoker and then a, a different patron actually came up with a and, and quoted something from the like Danganronpa wiki page or something about that the pipe looks like a kiseru which is a Japanese smoking pipe and I looked up a picture of that and it does in fact look like that type of pipe a lot it very much looks like that and so the implication there could be it could have been lung cancer I mean it could have been that Kaito was a smoker but I know they they talked about how Samugi talked about how like they implanted the illness in him or whatever, but maybe not. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, depending on if she was lying or telling the truth there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just another huh. debate. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting because we lost Kokichi, but we still have to question like truth and lies a lot in this chapter, specifically with Samugi. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like we got so jaded and distrustful in this last chapter that now we're like, everything's a lie. (laughs) Right. I know. Well, it's true because it's like, she literally is like, nothing is real. You, the people you are, are characters that we wrote for you. And like all the flashback lights, like the fact that like that all is a lie, like, man, that, what, who even are you? If, if everything you are, isn't real, like let that sink in first like the amount of despair sorry i know that should we choose to get rid of despair the amount of despair that you feel i mean you in that you see the characters literally all go through it yeah and like being told that you know the friends and family that you remember actually don't exist and have oh my god and the feelings you have toward that those friends oh god like i would argue that that is a way worse despair than the revelation of um game two you know, because game oh, two, yeah. is horrible. it's like, hey, you guys are all actually like terrorists and you've all done these horrendous, horrible things. Um, that's terrible. That's despair right there. But I, I feel like this one's worse. It's like, hey, you guys actually, um, yeah, none of that's real. And also you wanted to do this and you wanted to kill people. So. Yeah. We'll say, though. They only have, like, one memory of friends and or family, unless, like, they were shown their little, um, I was gonna say DVD player, the monopad with their little memory motive from the first chapter. They have complete amnesia 
amnesia other than their talent and then if they're still alive at this point they're shown that one video of some amount of friends being like wow you got into the gopher project that's so cool <laughs> i don't know why there's surfer <laughs> bros in my reinterpretation but um yeah so like yes it's devastating that those friends in that memory are not real i completely <laughs> agree however it's not like they're remembering a lifetime of memories it's not like the three True. of us being told that that's fake True, well, that's fair. Fake. that's a good point ow Marin, yeah that hurt a little yeah that would be <laughs> oof, no like it's but, just like the sheer nihilism of this game right. that's like the despair is it's a different kind of despair like in um in the first game i feel like the despair is like fear it's like fear of the outside world it's like sadness that the state of the world is in whatever um the despair in game two like i it's a lot of the same but then there's like this guilt and like this disgust heaped on it with like oh my god we've done these horrible things but then in game three like this one is just it's just like straight up nihilism like that's the despair yeah i do want to say with this character backstory, I think we just don't see everyone's like specifics with their backstory. That's kind of what I thought with this, because in order to be a fully fleshed out character, and if you do the free time events for all of these characters, these people have lives and memories of people oh, in their true. past. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's not that's like- true. That's very true. I always just viewed it as like the, mm-hmm. the initial flashback like gave you backstory, f- friends and family relationships. Like when I'm playing a character- that is like one of the first things I think about is like, what is this person's relationship to relationships, aka who are the people in their life that have formated how they formulate relationships with other people. So you have to have that in order to have any sway, like in order for Maki to have any sway to have a crush on Kaito, she needs to have some kind of memory that makes her establish like, this is how I approach relationships or these are the relationships in my past. Yeah. And you're right, we do get like the orphanage with Maki. Right. And she, so, but that's oh, what she like tells that. us. And again, that's one of the few like in the main storyline things we get with that. But for her, that's real and she probably remembers more details than she says about that, you know, remembers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's strange to me though is they're told that they're not real, that they're fictional, they're Danganronpa characters, they can only exist within Danganronpa. But there is that contradiction where Simugi can't cosplay them um, that we see because of the cospox. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Maybe they're not as fictional as we thought. True. Or like, I, because there's definitely a a theory. There's a lot of Danganronpa fans out there who very much believe in the theory that Smoogie was lying about having made them all up which I definitely think is possible but but yeah like also the fact that if she gets she gets cospox if she cosplays them but could that be probably not because this is only chapter one when that happened but could that be because these fictional characters have become real in our hearts exactly like what makes a real person even if these memories <laughs> yeah. are fake if they have formed an identity around this new self what's to say that that isn't real right it's just like the barbie movie yeah <laughs> no no i'm just kidding but <laughs> no but i hear what you're saying like um what was i gonna say um the first like it's it's said in the trial 
feel like the the Danganronpa stories we've experienced were games in anime in this universe where Danganronpa is is fiction and then becomes a reality show based on fiction. And so these people in this again fictional world but in a reality show in the fictional world are real flesh and blood human beings still like they're in a flesh they have a different soul essentially but they're in a flesh sack still so i think that that is what except for kibo except for kibo he's in a metal sack i didn't think we were bringing back flesh sack i thought we had left that (laughs) left that at the door no no i'm bringing it back um yeah (laughs) but yeah it's like yeah that all that to say yeah that yeah that's very true and i will say as well with this whole like memory thing i was a little bit frustrated with the idea of these flashback lights blackout lights was it it was a blackout light did i get that right or black light something like that um but the whole thing was like Samuki kept saying like your family and friends and whatever are fake like they're not real however because like you were saying Caroline these are real flesh and blood people they did at one point have something I don't care if it was absolutely nothing and they were out on the streets and they had literally nothing that's something and so why can't you replace the memory because the whole thing was oh we can't make new memories we can just replace old ones okay so replace the old ones with the real ones i don't understand that at all yeah Yeah. that did get kind of frustrating with the logistics of that i i don't know i yeah it could have been had something to do with like the contracts they signed but everything i could say would be speculation it wouldn't be confirmed yeah Yeah, maybe it is the contracts maybe those contracts they get you those ndas it's true. I say as if I sign them all the time. <laughs> oh, <those laughs> they get you. They really do. Yeah. I mean, Ugh. I personally, I personally do think that Samugi is telling the truth about them being fictional. I do too. I, I do. I, I, the theory about them actually being all real is like tempting to me. But I don't believe it. And and a lot of that is because of like the very ending of this game when Shuichi, Maki, Himiko are talking about, oh, maybe Sumugi was lying. Like maybe we really do have the friends and family out there that we remembered, whatever. Like we'll never really, or we won't know until we go outside. And then it pans out and you see the bubble, the black bubble with the like Team Danganronpa logo all over it. And that to me made me think, yeah, I... I, I think that Samuki was telling the truth. I think this was all very, very fabricated in the way that she said. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I guess part of the intrigue of a show like that would be that it's not actors in this sort of thing, though they are playing characters. In a, you know what I'm you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which right. is so I do agree with you though. I think because we've seen the lights in both forms work. I don't see why there's really any reason to believe that they hadn't used them prior. You know what I mean? Like we saw the quote unquote technology exist to do exactly what she's saying they did. So of all of the things to believe or not believe at the end of this, I completely, I was like that, we'll let that one go. Right. (laughs) I mean, Yeah. yeah, we saw the whole like lab of making them and how she could, oh my God, that is so trippy and like scary and weird. Ugh. Yeah. 
There are also, I've also seen some other theories out there that the whole like meteorite and them going into space and Earth de- being destroyed thing was also real. And that Sumugi was just like one of the ultimate despairs who infiltrated this plan and was going to try and bring down humanity with the one last killing game uh, or something. Um, like that that is all them, true. Give them like false hope that maybe the world still existed, you know. But I, I yeah, I don't personally believe in that theory either. I, I I do think that it's it's fiction. That's the ultimate real fiction. Yeah. What's confusing to me about the Gopher Project timeline is this idea of the Gopher Project has absolutely been used in previous games. We know that because we have uh, Rantaro who says, I'm going to prove it to you. The first thing they're going to tell you about is the hunting thing, the, you know, um, ultimate yeah. hunt. And so to me, that says that the they do these flashback lights every time with yep. the same things. Okay, chapter one passed. Here's your like flashback light. So to me, it felt like the gopher project and the idea of them going to space, all the stuff you were talking about, Maddie, is kind of at least for the past couple of seasons of Danganronpa, like, I don't know, 50 to 53, they've been <laughs> saying that the gopher project is your primary motivation that's your setting um and mm. then just been tinkering with little things mm. in each season to make it still interesting yeah. um yeah could be yeah, could yeah be. maybe yeah i don't know um, it's tough because we can't believe any of the flashbacks right i know right. it's like that that is the hardest part about this last like chapter is it's like we really can't believe any of that stuff what can we believe we can believe in the in, the, in the survivors yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i actually i do have a note about rentaro if that isn't if you know it's okay for me to dive off that board and mm-hmm. into the next you know do a Please. triple backflip off that point and yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so what do you guys think rentaro did in the previous killing game that he was in do you think he killed somebody and got away with it or do you think he oh stuck it out and survived until there were only two left like he said was how the game worked and um yeah i if if he killed somebody how do you think he did it and then if uh he he stuck it out what do you think happened to the other person who survived was it samugi was samugi the other person that survived i don't think so there's i don't think there's anything that suggests that yeah true I don't know. And my other question about Rintaro that I had was, what was his talent before he was the ultimate survivor? I had that same question too. Yeah. I feel like my gut when I learned that Rintaro, you know, had come back, well, it means that he got at least third place, right? Because first or second, you win and you don't have to replay. And we hear from Kaito saying that he's looking for fame and fortune. So clearly he's seen people who have played Danganronpa and won and gotten out and had fame and fortune. Unless you want to assume that fame and fortune was had, but he kept going back into the games and never got to experience said fame and fortune. Mm. Um, But going along the assumption of he gets to actually experience that because most people wouldn't consider fame and fortune that you don't actually get to like do anything with. They wouldn't probably call it that. I feel like that means Rantaro got at least third place in this last game. And that made me wonder if he was, if he volunteered himself for death, like Maki did, or if he was voluntold, if people voted him out. I um, wondered that too. Yeah. Huh, interesting. 
like yeah, no ideas I, about his right talent. it's all it would all be speculation honestly that's the thing is like and again how much of his personality is the same from the time before you know i don't know yeah he could have murdered someone and gotten away with it that is all, obviously you know it's been 53 seasons there has to be an ending that has that be the ending i kind of feel like he was voluntold to go into the 53rd because the way he talks in that video the motive video we see of him he is he expresses at least no outward shock at the idea of hey you're gonna be back and you're gonna be killing people like you're gonna be back at it champ you got this (laughs) that's my my you're gonna be back at it champ no you're right he's got a very solemn demeanor about it all he does he does yeah yeah where if he if he was like I'm so sorry that you have to do this again. Like you're doing this for your friends and like, you know, or I mean, maybe he wouldn't be able to say that because that's a spoiler, but like, I know this is hard and like, you'll get through this. Just like trust in yourself. That would not be a spoiler. And that's a very different message than what he gave us. Right. It was, you're right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's very true. Yeah. Um, Did either of you run out of time until dawn? (laughs) Yes. I did too. (laughs) What well, Maddie if... said she walks watches a walk, walk, walk through. Well, the first time I, I played true. the game, I didn't right. I didn't run out of time then either. Um, I thought that was a really interesting mechanic. Actually, I kind of liked it. It kind of introduced like a little more urgency. I was like, why did they have these in the other games anyway? But what happens yeah. when you? It essentially is die. like you didn't do it in time. Uh oh, the whole academy is gonna blow up. <laughs> And that's it. That's it. Just, do you have to start the whole investigation over? No, or? no. It'll start you in the room you were last in. Oh, yeah. Thank God, <laughs> I so had that thought. Say, it starts you at the start of, of that the room. scene. True. So for me, I got to the end of the mastermind's lair with Mother Kuma, and then it was like you ran out of time. <laughs> Started me at the beginning. So painful. Um, oh my that's gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But not not great um, consequences for running out of time. Um, and the other thing, last sort of pre-trial thing that I just wanted to to say is, um, you know, Shuichi is telling Himiko like a couple times, like not to waste his, their his time with her magic bullshit, <laughs> and then he then goes and turns around and wastes time faffing over going into the girls' bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, dude, so true. What the hell? Oh, <laughs> like, I can't go the in the question of his reality is that right? Stake. Right, and like, like oh. I know. I'm like, dude, what are you even thinking? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the last thing I have about Rantaro is he is getting hints from being the ultimate survivor. He gets a couple extra bonuses, um, and one of them is that little zip drive that you find in his vault, um, which apparently wasn't supposed to be his primary hint like that little letter that he wrote himself was supposed to be like super helpful to him um so that he could figure it out but it wasn't obviously he died but that little zip drive in the vault really confused me because the hints for it that monokuma promised him were wide out in the public anyone could see them to the point where like probably kokichi was like messing with one of them for half the game and the other one was hidden behind leaves in the back like the furthest back room how would you know that that was there like i just felt like while monokuma promised 
Rantaro bonuses and helpful things, none of them were actually that helpful. Even like the layout of the school is great, I guess, but you can't access any of the floors without the keys that he gives you between the chapters. So like, who cares what's on floor four if you're stuck on floor one? Right, I know. It just didn't seem like that good of a perk to me. Yeah. 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 Might have just made things worse. <laughs> right, <laughs> I know. It got him to the scene of the crime. Yeah, <laughs> got him killed. Maybe that was the point. Maybe, Maybe. that was yeah. another setup by Samugi. Yeah, and I know she everyone who's listening, I know everyone who's listening wants to know if any words can be formed by combining mind switcheroos and twins B. I have done the work. Yes, um, queen. <laughs> The answer is no. However, however, if you combine twins B and horse A, there is a hidden word. It is anti-hero, which means that Samugi is a Swifty. Thank you and good night. Good night. Yep. <laughs> Seven years before the song came out, Samugi was a Swifty. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so, Samugi is Taylor Swift. Whoa. Listen, Whoa. she's she too has built an empire. <laughs> That's true. That's true. true. The Nanakumas. Um I just uh they were really missing an opportunity to call them monobugs. Oh, they totally were. Just saying. Hate to break it I to the that. I don't know if that was the Japanese like translation or if it was the English localization team, but guys, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I will say they were very cute. That they were was so the cutest cute. part of chapter six. The, yeah. cute, the cutest part of chapter six. <laughs> By far. <laughs> um, yes, agreed. I have a note about Kibo, and that is that it it seems to be implied. So after he loses his antenna and like goes ham, it seems to be implied that potentially, potentially. Kibo's desire to be like more human and less sci-fi was actually the audience's desire and not his own because throughout the whole series he talks about he like sees his ultimate lab and he's like I don't like this I don't want to be all sci-fi but then when he loses the Mm. antenna he changes his mind and goes and becomes all sci-fi and that makes me think that I don't know maybe that was like the audience trying to like make humanize Kibo more wanting to like feel more connected because they're seeing things through his eyes so they're like they want to feel more connected with them and more realistic maybe that was what that was but i'm not sure just throwing it out there yeah that's a good point oh, i like that note that's that's a good one because that was really confusing to me um i feel like i've said that on like <laughs> today like i was confused yeah, i was a little lost so I, I mean weren't we all <laughs> but with kibo there's like a weird almost like symbiotic relationship between him and the audience because Samuki even says if the audience surrogate falls into despair then the audience does too which would imply that Kibo's thoughts and feelings if we can say that because he is a robot that they can like transfer back to the audience so he can make them feel things that was really confusing to me I don't know if that was a translation kind of mismatch or if that's real or if they're just saying the audience likes Kibo, so seeing him sad would make them sad. 
I think it's mm-hmm. just like uh, the connection they feel with him, like watching through his eyes, you know, because maybe um, like every now and then how Kibo has his internal monologue, maybe the audience can hear that internal monologue and they they know what Aww. he's thinking. And so, yeah. you know, his emotions impact them as well. That's kind of how I interpreted it, but yeah. Yeah. So cute. Can you imagine like, when he's singing and stuff and they get to hear like his inner thoughts about like <laughs> uh, <laughs> when he's sick oh my god you might be thinking that can't be it and you're right because in two weeks we'll be coming out with part two of chapter six and we can't wait for you to listen to it if you want even more dong and rumpa content please check out our patreon if you want to talk to us ultra hope girls we have a discord channel and you just gotta pay five dollars a month to hang out with us there we'd love to meet you chat more about dong and rumpa there make sure you follow us on twitter tiktok instagram we are everywhere we'd love to hear from you there and our season finale is coming up so so soon so if you have any last minute questions please make sure you send them to us and we'd love to answer them uh in our wrap-up episode thank you for coming and listening today and we will see you soon bye bye